Hi, everyone. Welcome to How to College First Gen, our podcast where we get together to have real conversations about what it's like to be a first-generation student before, during, and after college. If you're a new listener, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a bit more about being first gens, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges we've experienced by sharing lessons learned from fellow first gens. I am Mijin Han, one of the podcast hosts, a first-generation college student myself who has also experienced the roller coaster of this journey. Today, I have a special episode to celebrate the one-year anniversary of How to College First Gen. On this episode, we've invited some friends of How to College who are also avid advocates in the first gen support space, and we'll talk about their personal first gen experiences and what they do to advocate for first-generation college students in a panel session. Let's dive right in. Thank you everyone for being a guest on today's special episode. I first want to ask the question so that you can introduce yourself a little bit more to the audience and be in a way of saying hello as well. I can go. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah. Hello everyone. This is Fabio speaking. I'm co-founder and CEO of Peña Consulting, aka the first generation consulting page. So I was born in Mexico and I was born specifically in Jalisco, Mexico. And I moved over to the U.S. when I was two years old and I was raised in Yakima, Washington. So I attended high school in East Valley High School, which is like a super, super small high school, like in the rural area. No more than like 200 students total for the high school. And I I made a huge transition moving to the city in Seattle to attend the University of Washington, where there's uh, tens of thousands of students. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thank you for sharing that with us, Fabio. Yeah, of course. Hi, everybody. My name is Avdeep. I'm a co-director of the First Gen Empowerment Project, which is a nonprofit focused on supporting first-generation, low-income immigrant and or undocumented students with college access. Our official mission is to ensure that every student feels boundless in pursuing opportunities after high school. I'm excited to tell you more about it, but a little bit about myself. I was born in a small town called Moga in Punjab, India, and that's where I grew up for most of my life. When I was 13, we moved to the United States. I moved to the Bay Area in a mostly low-income neighborhood with my parents. I went to high school here in Hayward and went to college at UC Berkeley. And I think it was at UC Berkeley that I first just realized what the term first gen even means, because this was the first time in my life I was exposed to a privilege that I had never really seen before. People whose parents had gone to college and not just gone to college, but held positions of power. And they were coming in to this world with a lot more background knowledge than I was. And I had assumed up until that point that everybody was on the same page as me. So that was an interesting realization. And I think that's when I really started to identify with this first generation identity because it became so important to me and my fellow first gen peers that we were not on equal footing with most people and have been passionate about it ever since. So I'm excited to talk to you everybody about that. Thank you so much, Afdi. Oh my gosh, y'all's stories are super inspiring. Hi everyone, I'm Julia. I'm the founder and executive director of Fersion Support, and we are a nonprofit seeking to close the achievement gap and opportunity gap in higher education for first-generation low-income immigrant students. And I immigrated here to the U.S. from China when I was nine, and I currently live in suburban Chicago. I have a little bit different stories. My parents really valued 
continued education, even though you know I'm like the first person in my family to go to a four-year college. They really value education, and we moved to like white suburban neighborhood, very privileged neighborhood. When I was very young, I just noticed a lot of differences between me and my peers, and I found it first in support out of the necessity for people in my school because I feel like our counselors need to support the first in low-income students in my high school more. So yeah, and now FGS first in support serve students nationwide, and we have a mentorship program. We also have an upcoming college fair with 50 plus colleges. So I mean, just a little bit plug, but yeah, definitely sign up for that. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing that. And it's so interesting to hear that we all have similar yet different experiences, and that may support us in you know supporting this first gen population in the best ways that we can. Going back a little bit, that I think all of you guys mentioned a little bit about your experiences as an immigrant and that household and experiences with your family and your parents. I wanted to ask a little bit about how your parents identify with college. Yeah, so I can go first. So growing up in uh, Yakima, Washington, attending the high school that I did, I don't think there were any really representatives or counselors that introduced students to college. I think I was lucky because I was affiliated with the Gear Up program, which I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but that is they help students get early awareness to like college programs. And if it wasn't for the the counselor from that program, I don't know how I would have done it or if I would have even made it to college. That counselor specifically was bilingual Spanish. And so he had that ability to communicate with my parents the importance of pursuing a higher education, the benefits that would come with him, and really, most of all, just open the doors to new opportunities rather than expecting me to just find some job in my hometown upon high school graduation. And so I was really fortunate to have that person in my life. Thank you. I think since very young, my parents instill like the importance of education in my mind because when we immigrated here, I know how hard my parents have worked. And I know a lot of immigrants work super hard to give their children a better future. And I think my parents definitely did that. When I first moved here, there were a lot of English barrier. I had to overcome a lot of challenges. But my parents never really pressured me to go to like this school or pressured me like to go to like like a really like competitive college. They were fine with me going to community college, they never really like pressured me to do anything. The freedom and the hard work they have put in to like overcome challenges as immigrants really inspired me. Thank you for sharing that with us, Julia. What about you, Abdeep? It's very interesting how my parents identify with college. Neither of them went to college themselves in India or in America, obviously. But they, like Julia said, valued education and wanted us to pursue higher education. They have no idea what kind of careers it would lead us to because they're not familiar with any of the white collar careers that are accessible via college in America. But they just knew that this was the way to social mobility. So they always encouraged college for us. And it's different because they didn't know anything. They also couldn't help us through any of the process. So they had no idea how the college application process worked, what the college rankings looked like, what being a commuter school was like versus a school where everybody stays on campus. I think even though my parents encouraged college, there was a lot of roadblocks that they themselves unknowingly instilled in my path to college because they just weren't aware. So I can give you an example. When I got into college, I had a variety of colleges to choose from. And my parents actually didn't want me to go to Berkeley because it was far away from home and instead wanted me to go to college that was a lot closer to home. But I I knew wouldn't offer me nearly as many possibilities as Berkeley would. So there was just a few of those things where I knew my parents wanted my success, but because they themselves weren't aware of the process, they kind of almost did the opposite. 
I definitely felt that. Definitely as Persian immigrants, Persian college students, we have uh, like similar stories of deep. So like there's almost no support from previous knowledge from my parents. So we all had to figure it out on, on our own. Yeah, it's interesting because they genuinely really want to support you. So there's this dichotomy where you have to let them know that that what they're doing is actually hindering you without really hurting their feelings because you know that what they want is the is best for you. So I think as first generation students, as difficult as it can be for us to like really attain an education and be successful in all the traditional ways, the more difficult part is emotionally navigating these relationships with our families, which has its own implications that we can get into. Yeah, definitely agreed. Wow, you guys have said it so beautifully that I don't really think I can add a lot to it. But I think those are definitely some of the narratives that we have heard on our podcast and outside of the podcast in our you know day-to-day interaction within the community as well. So it seems like the first generation identity is very important to all of you. And I know that Abdi already mentioned a little bit about when was the first time you figured out that you're a first gen. But can all of you guys tell me a little bit about why being first gen is important or how you first figured it out that you are a first gen? Yeah, so I can go first. I think for me, I really learned that I was first gen when I was going through the college application process when I had dozens of questions and I didn't know who to ask. And the people that I did ask, you know, were the people closest to me, like my siblings and my parents. And I just remember hearing them say, oh, I don't know. We've never done that before. You know, we don't know how the fast application works. We don't know if we were even doing it right. And there was like so much stress and anxiety on whether or not that stuff was even being done right, which was like at the time I was fearful of the fact that I might not get in or I might mess something up simply because I didn't know how to fill out those applications. And then, of course, it hit me when I did start school at UW, aka the University of Washington, because I was amongst thousands of other students who really seemed to have had everything together. And the way I perceived them, they looked like they were on top of things. And for me, I was very fused. I was experiencing culture shock. And I was very anxious on how I'm going to do it because I felt like I was in an unfamiliar environment. And for me, I knew that at that moment, that when I graduated college, if and when I was able to, I knew that I wanted to give back to people from you know similar backgrounds so they wouldn't feel as lost as I did. And so that's why I started paying more attention about initiatives regarding first generation college students and wanting to do something about that. Thank you so much for sharing the Fabio. That resonates with me so much because that was one of my personal reasons I co-founded How to College First Gen as well. What about the rest of you guys? I found out when I first started first in support and during the college app process. That's like the concise answer. Like I mentioned, I think for me, it wasn't until I witnessed people who were not first gen that it really clicked that I was different. My high school was majority first generation students and majority free and reduced lunch. So when I got to Berkeley and I was surrounded by people whose parents had not only gone to college, but then had gone on to get some of the most competitive jobs in the world, some of the most influential positions, and just noticing the stark difference between the knowledge that my peers had about the world and the view that they held, given that they knew what kind of jobs they could get after college, whereas I had no idea and many other stark differences like that, that I really realized that I was different and that being a first generation student was its own distinct identity. It wasn't just how people were, which is what I had believed up until that point, until I had met people who proved me wrong. So that was an interesting mix. I think for the first few months or years, it almost was embarrassing personally to be first gen, because I know this was a common question that people asked 
asked was, what do your parents do? And everybody would have answers like my dad is the VP of X company or my mom is an ambassador with the United Nations. And I had such a hard time answering that question. My dad is a truck driver. And I I hated saying that out loud. But really over time, I think I learned that I have to actually be really proud of my identity. I mean, it's incredible that my dad is a truck driver. And yet he's putting me through this education the same as everybody else's parents. So it took a while. It was a process of unlearning. It really became empowering as an identity after that. I resonate with that so much. I went to a pretty white and privileged suburban high school. And whenever people talk about their parents, I just always try to avoid that topic or just anything about vacations, different things. Like I definitely felt that. And I can say that all of you guys, the story really resonated with me too. And I remember moments when I wasn't the most proud of my identity. But as I've mentioned over time, learning that that is a big part of my identity. And that is something that I'm actually really proud of and really makes me who I am. All of you guys mentioned a little bit about when you you know felt that feeling of alienation, that you're different as a first gen. For some of you guys, it happened in college. Some of you guys, wherever you grew up in the neighborhood. Can you tell us a little bit more about that feeling of alienation or feeling different and also so what kind of support systems, if you had any, looked like during your journey through college and to college? When I went to UW and I saw like thousands of students on campus, I found it very hard to find students that looked like me. And that's something that got to me quickly because I was hoping to see somebody that I could possibly relate to and, you know, get along with and become friends with really quickly. I remember talking to my parents and they had asked me how my first day was. And I remember saying, oh, yeah, I it was good. I don't remember seeing a lot of Mexicans, though. (laughs) And I remember I just reflecting back on that now, I just realized how ignorant and, you know, how innocent I was not knowing really that there is terms on how to, you know, identify and, you know, relate, talk about people. But at the time, that's how I was just referring to it. And I remember that that was the first time when I realized I want to be a part of a club or an organization on campus where I can be with students that, you know, come from similar backgrounds or some people that I can relate to. And I was fortunate enough to have found this camp program that's called that stands for the college assistant migrant program so basically students who come from migrant farm working families and a lot of those students were raised in the area that I was raised in and so I was thankful to have that to be able to you know go to whenever I felt lonely or lost really in school thank you for sharing that Fabio I think finding a community is very important I can go. So like I said before, I didn't really have a lot of people that I could relate to in my high school because in my classes, I took mostly APs and honors classes and no one was first gen low income, I don't think. So I had friends, but there weren't really like friends that I could relate to on all different areas. So I think I found a support system when I first started FGS and sent out a team application and people applied to be on my team. It was really, really cool to see so many people nationwide, high school students, college students are super eager to help other FGLI students and also support and person support on the mission to close this achievement gap. I definitely like found my support system there. That's like starting my own nonprofit and you can find a lot of people like similar passions. 
I think I mainly answered this question in my last response, but to address the support system, my answer is the same as the others. It really was finding other first-generation students and the feeling of belonging I had with them just because our stories were so similar was unmatched. So that's how I really ended up finding a support system in a community. But the important part was being a part of that community then allowed me to branch out and have relationships and close friendships with people even outside of that community. It was just the feeling of needing to have the space that I come back to and feel safe in that allowed me to then branch out and be a part of other communities as well. Wow, you guys are really sharing a lot of wise words of wisdom today. I guess this could be a really good transition then now that we're talking about communities. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about the organizations that you guys are a part of. Can all of you guys maybe take turn and tell us about the name of your organization and what kind of work you guys do and what the mission of your organization is? Yeah, so I can go. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of Pena Consulting. Definitely, ever since I started my page, it definitely took a lot of turns that were unexpected. But I initially first started as a management consulting firm that where I could provide services to small and medium-sized companies for professional services. But when I started my social media pages, I noticed that a lot of my content was kind of boring at first. And I noticed that a lot of the followers and support that I did have, they were people that I went to school with. And one thing that we had in common was that we were all first-generation college students slash graduates. And I remember making a post about one of my first-generation experiences in college, and that seemed to have gotten a lot of engagement. And so I ended up taking the business down that path a little bit as well. And so sort of has two business models. And here in Seattle, they actually coined a specific uh, category for that type of business model, which is referred to as authentic. So it's like another type of tech category, such as like ed tech or health tech. But with this one, it's really about building community and prioritizing intentions or retention. Yeah. And so part of what we do is, you know, we help share first generation college stories and experiences through our storytelling series called First Gen Cuentos. Cuentos meaning stories in Spanish. And later on, a couple months later, we started our own mentorship program called the First Step Network, where we pair first generation college students with professionals, regardless of area of study or career path. And our mission has become to be the most trusted destination for all first gen students and professionals by lighting their paths to success. And so I remember speaking with other first gen influencers who do similar things. And one thing that I was able to really, you know, remember and take out of my conversations with them is that, you know, we're all in this together. We're here to build a community and power other first gens. Of course, there's plenty of space for all of us. And so I think what, you know, the three of you are doing is all amazing stuff. And I think there can never be enough support for first generation college students, especially since, you know, we were all there at one point in our lives. And so really, it's just, you know, coming together and helping each other out. Thank you so much for that, Fabio. And I truly believe in what you said about there's more than enough space for all of us. And I feel like we're truly, you know, stronger together as a community. Definitely. I am the co-director of First Gen Empower. Our official mission is that we want to ensure that every student feels boundless in pursuing opportunities after high school. But we do a few different things to ensure that. So first, let me start off with the problems that first-generation students face. I'm sure we're all familiar with them, but you know, first-generation students have a lack of essentially the knowledge and resources to get to college and pursue higher education. And the knowledge gap comes from, given that they're first-generation, their parents are not really aware of the college process and kinds of jobs 
jobs people can access after college, and so therefore are unable to help guide children through the process. The other people who are supposed to be in charge of guiding high schoolers through college is college counselors. But we work in California, and especially in California, counselor capacity makes it really difficult for counselors to give individual students attention. In California, the counselor to student ratio on average is one counselor per 622 students. And in high schools that are predominantly first generation, that ratio can go up to one counselor per 900 students. I mean, it's impossible at that point for counselors to give students individualized attention. And these students are the ones that need the most individualized attention, given that their parents can't guide them through this process. So then we're left with a lot of students who don't have the encouragement, knowledge, or resources to be able to access higher ed. On the flip side of this, counselors and educators themselves don't have time because they are out making sure that their students are fed and that their students can graduate, that they have all the classes they need. So them even thinking about higher education is hard for them. So we have a two pronged solution, and we focus on counselor and teacher training because the other thing is that teachers may not specifically know how to support first generation and undocumented students because you have to give them different types of support than normal students. So we focus on counselor and educator training, and then on the other side, we also focus on students directly in two different ways. One, we provide free and accessible resources through our website, through workshops that we host regularly, and on our Instagram where we bring relevant information in very engaging ways to platforms that students are already using. And then the second thing we do with students is our Empowered Scholars program, where we take 10 to 15 11th graders and we train them for a year through rigorous training on communication, public speaking, college process, financial aid, so that when they are 12th graders, they can act as peer counselors for the rest of their student body in order to be able to assist other first generation students and help with counselor capacity. And that's like the wealth of services that we provide right now. Our Empowered Scholars program is in two pilot schools in the LAUSD, and we get our workshop attendance and our Instagram following from students all over California, at least 100 high schools, and we have trained closer to 300 and 400 educators. Yeah, so I started FGS last year. Actually, I started on July 28th. So it was like a birthday gift to me. I didn't really want to start it first because I guess I was embarrassed about this first gen low income identity. And both my friend really like encouraged me. My friend Freddie really encouraged me to start this. And I think definitely it was out of my shell. But yeah, I'm super glad I started FGS. So I guess our mission is also to run. So one, we empower students by providing information about college, regularly post on social media and our website and hosting events, but also informing the public about the challenges that FGLI students face. You know, people might not know about the challenges of first-generation low-income students. So I think it's very, very important to address that. And we have a Share Your Story initiative to feature success stories from first-generation low-income students to really help future generations of FGI students to imagine them going to college, but also informing the public about the challenges that FGI students face. Currently, 200 plus counselors have shared our posts. We post regularly on Instagram, just started like TikTok and different social media accounts as well. And we also have a lot of events and story takeovers on Instagram to answer questions live. We're also hosting the biggest virtual student-led college fair this year with 
with College for All for under-resourced students happening in August. Also, we started a mentorship program called FGS Family Pods. So basically, there's a lot of programs that are helping high school seniors with college applications. But at that stage, your achievements and like high school extracurriculars and grades are already set in stone. So we really want to empower high school underclassmen. So yeah, so the Family Pod seeks to like close the gap, not only in college application process to help the high school seniors, but also informing high school underclassmen and helping them realize that higher education is attainable and that they can achieve their dreams through going to like a competitive for your college. And yeah, we also have a lot of resources, a lot of templates such as recommendation letter uh, guides of templates and our resources have been used by thousands of first-gen low-income students. And also, I guess we also have a community on Discord, fostering that connection, peer-to-peer support on Discord. Currently have 600 plus students on there and it's a pretty active community. So we seek to create like an inclusive and inspiring environment for like all students. Thank you so much, everyone, for sharing more about your organizations and the work that you do there. And I think this was a really good way of showcasing there are so many different ways to support our communities. For example, for us, How to College First Gen, we think that we're more of a content-focused organization where we don't provide any you know, direct services like some of you guys do in terms of supporting students through different college applications process, college success processes. But we do more so of inspiring the students to even consider the option of it. So we always think of ourselves as somebody who comes even way before any of these actionable items happen and from the stage of you know information providing and inspiring. Talking about your organizations now, I would also love to learn a little bit more about how you guys see the organizations evolving over time and how your role may change with it and also if it fits or may not fit in your future career path. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think it's definitely something that I would definitely want to, you know, continue in the long term, especially since I'm always going to want to give back to my community and, you know, to other fellow Latinos that are from the same area here in Washington State. However, we do want to expand to more areas, especially with our mentorship program. We can never pair enough first chance with professionals to help them pursue their desired majors and careers. And so as for me, I like to continue being involved in the first gen space and continue giving back. I think for me, the most important part is just knowing that I've been able to help somebody with their college experience or in their professional career. And I think really that's it for me. I couldn't care less about the other stuff. I I just want to be able to give a helping hand to somebody who is in my shoes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Fabio. Yes. Okay. So this is a great question, Mijin. My hope is for FGE to be a resource that every first generation student knows about and can come to for accurate, timely, and engaging information. My other hope for FGE is for us to be able to reach and train as many educators, and for now we're keeping our mission to California, as many educators in California that support first generation students. On our way to that, we are partnering with school districts currently. We're in talks with LAUSD to be able to access all the counselors that work for LAUSD and train them and then slowly work into the schools themselves and go school by school training every single teacher on how to support first generation students. We think that by 
taking this approach and going through educators, we are scaling our impact because educators work with students on the daily. So I'm hoping that we can scale our educator training quite a bit more. And then we have our student resources and we'll continue to operate our student resources. And as we grow, I'm hoping that more and more students find out about us and are able to access the resources. And not just us, but like everybody here that's doing incredible work. All of you, the How to College podcast, the First Gen Support and Fabius Consulting. I'm hoping that all the first generation students that currently don't have this knowledge or support or encouragement can find out about our amazing resources and really be able to access them because we're all here doing great work and offering support that I don't think any of us had when we were going through this process. So my hope for the future is just for more awareness of the incredible resources that all of us provide that are out there and for students to be able to really access them. In the long term, and this is something that FG currently does not do, but I would really like some policy fixes so that nonprofits like ours can exist as a supplemental support, but don't need to exist as a primary support for most of these students. We should have more counselors funded in schools. We should have more support that comes from school districts themselves so that we don't have to plug in the gaps so that these gaps just don't exist. So I would love for there to be policy change at the district level, at the state level, and eventually at the federal level that ensures support for first generation students within the schools that they're working at, not necessarily from supplemental resources. Thank you so much for mentioning that, Abdi. I couldn't agree any more than that. I feel like there's definitely work that we do as nonprofits or, or LLCs or as private institutions, organizations, but definitely policy advocacy and even, you know, any kind of research or think tank or like policy study material also needs to be active in the environment so that we can actually solve this problem together. I definitely agree as well. So let me talk a little bit about the role change. So our goal is very, very similar to all the panelists here to reach more students and also policy changes. So then we're not like a primary resource. I guess version support, sorry, as an Instagram account, just, you know, posting about information. So I started posting about like different college resources and making very aesthetic and precise and concise graphics. So then I just saw a lot of different like college Instagram accounts, not your guys's, but just like different ones, the scholarships that they post, the deadline has already passed or the information is not relevant in the current times. So I started FJS Instagram account. And then two months later after I founded it, I recruited a team. And I think in the beginning it was very, very rough because it was the first time me leading a organization with a team of six to 10 people in the beginning. I had to learn a lot of things about team management and how to, I guess, make everyone feel like their voices are heard, everyone's talents to like to the task that they can be successful at. So when I first started FGS, I was making all the Instagram posts and it started as an Instagram page, but now we just grew into an organization after I recruited a lot of new team members. And my role has been from content creation to more of an advisor for the different team leaders, as well as like a manager 
manager for managing all the teams. And our team application just closed recently, and we are onboarding a lot of like new members because a lot of people applied. So I guess my role will help change to you know like train the new members and I guess foster a inclusive and close knit community within my team. But yeah, that's I guess my role change, and also seeking out like partnerships, funds to help FGS grow. Thank you for sharing all of your stories with us. And I guess shifting the tone of the questions a little bit, and I think some of you guys already mentioned, but I want to learn a little bit more about why you guys think it's important to support first-gen students and also some of the lessons you've learned from your organizations while supporting first-gen students. Yeah, I can go first. And so I think it's very important to you know support first generation students in any way that we can, because a lot of first generation students are, you know, just like any other student, they all have the, the capabilities, they all have the potential to accomplish and achieve great things in life. A lot of times, though, that there are a lot of barriers that are standing in the way, whether it be family or financially, economically, socially, it's important for us to, you know, to help out those that are going through that, because we'd only be helping ourselves in the long term, especially in my background, you know, helping first generation Latinos continue and pursue a higher education really means a lot to our our families. It brings a lot of pride and happiness. And so it's something I want to continue doing. That's me, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us, Fabio. What about you, Julia? And Something that I've been very surprised by in my work with First Gen is just how many students really need the support. Before we started as a nonprofit, we were just offering free workshops to students. And our transition into a nonprofit was very demand driven. There was a lot of students who were showing interest. And so we decided to become an organization. But before we did, I wanted to do a quick benchmarking of the space and make sure that we weren't oversaturated. And what I learned is that there's a lot of nonprofits that are already serving a lot of our first generation students. But as we became a nonprofit, the amount of growth we've had and the amount of demand we've had from students and counselors and teachers has been astonishing. So what I learned is that even though there is a lot of help in this space, it is still not enough. And there is still so many more students that we need to support, so many more teachers and so many more counselors that really do require that extra support. And this is why our work is really important because this country, a large percentage of, of our students are first generation. And so having just five nonprofits or 10 nonprofits working in very specific areas is not enough. There's always need for more support, which is why earlier I mentioned that we what we really need for permanent change is policy changes that organizations like ours can supplement. But my main lesson has just been the need, just how much, how deep and how big that need really is that exists still within students, within counselors and within teachers for extra support. I 
I guess is pretty synonymous with first-generation college students and low-income students. So with a college degree, people born in like the lowest quintile can increase their chances of class mobility by a massive percentage. And I think that socioeconomic mobility aspect is really, really important because a lot of people like don't really know about like finances or as first-generation low-income students, not everyone knows about these things. So it's really important for socioeconomic mobility with college degree. Also, there's a lot of barriers within families, not enough counselor support, or family like don't really traditionally encourage their students to go to college. I think FGS seeks to transform that mindset. Some lessons I've learned, definitely a lot about team management and how to lead an organization and the people skills. But also, I think one of the lessons I think we all kind of all touched on is like, don't be embarrassed about your identity. It's super important. I guess we've all been through like all like challenges and hardships and just remember that go to like a four-year college and it's already really hard already to like navigate through high school and college like, on our own so definitely be proud of that like don't be embarrassed even if people might like look down on you but yeah definitely be proud of your identity Thank you so much all for sharing your insights and about the importance of the work that we do, not to be so self-serving, but it really is. And to shift the questions a little bit, and maybe this may be even more a little bit self-serving, but I wanted to ask you guys about what you think of the role of how to college first gen is in the first gen space. And if you guys think that sharing first gen narratives can support others. I can go next. So I think uh, how to college first gen plays a big role in the first gen space. And one thing that I really liked about how to college first gen is your guys's podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes and I felt like even though I'm located in the Pacific Northwest, I was just able to relate to so many things just because, you know, I experienced a lot of that as a first generation college student. I remember there was this episode that was talking about far from home and uh, really navigating family dynamics and how that's important and different for everyone. I know for me, when I took off to college, there was like a lot of guilt and pressure having moved to the big city and leaving my family back at home. And that was something that would just always took a toll on me because I was thinking about how my family was doing at home and how my relationships were really evolving throughout my college experience. I think the best way to create a sense of community for all of us is to, you know, really build a home away from home. That way students can continue focusing on their educations as they should, just like any other classmate is doing. That's something that I've noticed that a lot of non-first gens and privileged students don't have to worry about. And I think it would definitely even the playing field if we had that community. And so, yeah. Absolutely. For absolutely shaping first gen narratives can and, and will support others. And I think that how to college first gen is doing a really important job in shaping those narratives in it for a few different reasons. One, I think it's just really wonderful for first gen students to see examples of successful professionals just like them so that they know and understand what possibilities are available to them and what kind of opportunities exist 
out there and that they themselves can achieve those things, even if they are first gen. And then shaping that narrative to be one of resilience and success and struggle, but meaningful, meaningful struggle is really important. And just highlighting our stories, highlighting all of our stories, which is what what How to College does, I think is just so essential. The other thing that I think How to College does that's really important is, is building a community. So you are bringing together everybody. Even today on this podcast, meeting Fabio, meeting Julia has been incredible. And so just bringing actors together who are all really passionate about everything that we are doing and just building a community through the podcast is very impactful. So thank you for doing everything that you do. Definitely agree with the other two panelists, Fabio and Afdi. But yeah, it's like listening to the actual voices of first generation students are like super important. And everyone on the How to College First Gen team is super nice. I feel like y'all are such great communicators. I actually was on a podcast with Lutz, which is another, um, I think, podcast host for How to College First Gen. And I had so much fun in that podcast as well, sharing like my experiences with like summer programs and how to like get them in high school so yeah it's super nice to be on this podcast and to get to know like other people in podcasts and like listening to podcasts like on my own time Thank you so much for the kind words, everyone. It really means so much to me, and I bet it does to the rest of the team as well. And I think you guys already have mentioned a little bit of this in terms of the role we play, but I wanted to ask you guys how we could create a sense of community among first-generation students, and if you know hearing the stories about other first-gens has helped you feel like you're not alone in the process. Thing for me, creating a sense of community would just be to continue what y'all are doing, which is having those podcast episodes and really featuring guests that come from a variety of different backgrounds. That way, the message can be spread across a lot more people out there who may not know about this platform just yet. I think the storytelling is essential in being able to relate to others because being able to relate to someone personally, I think for me, I think just having things like this, you know, where we all come together and talk about our experiences experiences doing exactly just that, that we can always utilize the power of social media. That way we can provide content that's very engaging and even fun at times. And so I think that is the best way and continue doing that is just going to be great for everybody in the long term. Yeah, I agree with Fabio. I think that How to College First Gen has an impact, in my opinion, in two different ways. The first one is by sharing first gen narratives. So by highlighting other first generation stories of people's struggles and their successes, it's very helpful for students who are younger to see, you know, their own stories represented and understand what their future path could look like. And the second facet of impact, I think, is this aspect of community that your podcast is able to bring people together. Even today, just meeting Fabio and Julia has been wonderful. And I think that you have an ability to build a community of first-gen professionals that are passionate about this issue. And I think that's really impactful. 
I think it's actually, well, it's easy and difficult to create a sense of community. Easy in the sense that I think once you put together a bunch of first generation students and you start to to talk about personal stories, it's so easy for everybody to relate to each other's stories. And it really like becomes this automatic sense of community and automatic sense of fellowship among them. Now, the harder part is how do we bring everybody into the room in an inclusive way, in a consistent way, and really just the amount of first generation students that are out there, how do we make sure that everyone has an avenue or an outlet to be a part of a community and I think that's that's where it's harder and that's where we all come in and that's why everything that all of us are doing is really important but I think that once you bring people together it's almost automatic because we all have these narratives and stories that we share. I agree with what everyone said already. I just did not find a community before I started FGS. So community aspect is super important. That's why we focus on community, creating like that inclusive environment for everyone so that they don't feel alone in high school, college application process, or college. much for everybody who is sharing those then i guess i wanted to shift the question once again in a little bit more of a personal tone what do you guys enjoy the most from listening to other first-gen student stories That's a really good question. I think I I particularly really enjoy listening to people talk about their own experiences of being first gen and how they personally navigated college and career and beyond. It's very inspiring to hear how these paths can be so different and yet so similar, how we all experience the same struggle, but in very different facets of our lives. And I think not only is it relatable, but it's inspiring because it's relatable. And I take away so many lessons from that and one thing that I always take away is just how admirable everyone really is thanks for sharing that Avni Bobby or Julia do you guys have any of your personal shall I say thing that you find the most enjoyable listening to other first-gen stories For me, writing our own storytelling series through our platform, I think one of the things that I found very enjoyable is really learning more about different cultures and backgrounds. Even though I identify as Mexican or Latino and I encounter another first generation Mexican or Latino, our stories are still very different. You know, our backgrounds are still very richly diverse, you could say. And I think one of the things that I really like about it is that it's all very unique. And so I, I, I enjoy hearing different stories all the time. It's something I can't get enough personally. I agree with Fabio and Avi. Is hearing other people's stories are so powerful, and I really like like to listen and to everyone and on um, how they overcome the challenges that they have faced. Because I think I can learn a lot from the people that have come before. Thank you all so much for your answers. Hearing that really gives me a lot of joy and also motivates me to work even harder for the podcast and our listeners. Now, finally, we're at the end of the show and I have my classic final question that I ask all of my guests. Do you have any advice for first-gen students, students-to-be, and graduates?
I think for me, my biggest piece of advice would be to just keep moving forward. I know that a lot of times when we're going through life and school and taking it all on, we can feel like we're in survival mode, but just taking things one day at a time and really remembering who we are when we were applying to college and feeling that excitement, just really carrying that throughout our entire college careers, because there may be times where we experience some type of failure, rejection, and it can get really easy to get discouraged. Discouraged. And so I would hate for that to happen to anybody because it really almost limits us in a way. We have to remember our potential. We have to remember that we're there for a reason. And we have to remember that we belong and that we're capable of doing anything. So keep moving forward would be my biggest piece of advice. For me, it would be know your power. I think that it's so easy for us to discount ourselves, especially as first-generation students. The imposter syndrome is real. And so it's so easy to get lost and be like, I'm not good enough. I didn't have that same private school education. I don't have my uncle who can get me into this fancy job. I don't know what I'm doing, but my peers do. It's so easy to have those doubts and think of yourself as less than. But what I really want all students to know is to really know and believe in your own power because your story and your experiences make you so much more powerful. You have learned and seen so much through your first gen journey. And the fact that you are here with options in front of you with like paths that you can pursue is in and of itself evidence of your own power. And so really believe that if you've made it this far, that you can make it as far as you want to go and just derive strength from your story and don't let anybody make you feel like you're less than. Definitely, I agree with Fabio and Avdi. If you're listening to this podcast already, you're on the right track because I think all of us have such great resources that we can offer to you. But one thing is be proud of your achievements and also learn how to network and make a lot of friends. Like sometimes it's really hard to like find other like first generation like students, but learn how to make a lot of friends. And I think network is your net worth if you haven't heard of that already. So I recommend reading a lot of books and just like actively reach out to people because you never know who will help you a lot in life so well thank you so much everyone for your time today and your words of wisdom for all our listeners and all the first generation students out there thank you so much again also for helping us celebrate the one year anniversary of how to college first gen we really don't think that we could have come this far without the support of people like you guys out there alongside with our listeners who's trying to make the first gen space a lot more resourceful a lot more community driven and a lot more growth oriented Happy birthday, how to college first gen. Happy birthday, how to college first gen. Congratulations on your one year anniversary. It's amazing that work that all of you have been doing. And I'm really glad that you're doing it. And I hope you continue to have many, many more anniversaries.
Once again, thank you so much, Afdeep, Fabio, and Julia for celebrating our anniversary with us. It's amazing to see how there are so many first gens giving back to our own community to support each other. I hope the stories and lessons that Fabio, Afdeep, and Julia shared resonated with you and gave you some motivation, inspiration, and a sense of belonging. As mentioned in the panel session, there still are a lot of resources we need to make the experiences of first-generation students better, but I'm so proud of the work we've done and the work many more students, advocates, policymakers, and educators are doing to help more students reach their goals and fullest of their potentials. Thanks again to our speakers, and thank you for tuning in today on How to College First Gen. As always, you can find us online at howtocollegefirstgen.org if you have any questions or feedback as we want to hear what you think, what you're struggling with, and how we can help. If you prefer to reach us on social media, you can find us at How to College First Gen on Instagram and Facebook and HTC First Gen on Twitter. A lot of celebration is going on on all those platforms, so come join us. As always, remember you're not alone in this journey. Until next time.